0: You are listening to Changing the Game, with me, Wilson Casado. What is the game? The game is everything. Everything from the education you receive to the career or business you pursue. In regards to diversity and inclusion, though, there isn't a level playing field. The show will allow us to hear from those who are challenging the status quo. It is about creating a new future where things are done differently, a future with diversity and inclusion, and most importantly, a future where everyone has access to play the game. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Changing the Game. Today, I'm here with Katie. Katie, welcome. (laughs) Thanks. Kate McDonald, she's a property journalist with the WA Business News. Katie started with the company 2016, shortly after completing her Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Western Australia. Kate left Business News in 2018 for a stint in copywriting before returning to the, to the editorial team uh, last year. During her professional career, Katie has received several awards I want to know more about that, (laughs) for her writing, including a few honours at the MEAA State Media Awards and being named a national finalist for the Association for data driven Marketing and Advertising, Young Creative of the Year in 2019. Nice, Katie, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Katie, is already a tradition. We always start the changing the game talks, uh, asking the guest, Katie, uh, yeah. uh, to tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. What is that we cannot
0: hear in LinkedIn profile?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I guess starting at the beginning, um, you know, I think storytelling has always been a big passion of mine. Um, both of my parents are Irish, and they do say that the Irish natural. Um, gifted storytellers and um I have some notebooks filled with ramblings from when I was three years old when I couldn't write um but I'd go on a walk with my mum and we'd come back and I'd tell her a story about the flowers or some dog that I saw on the walk or what the weather was like today and I think from there um that kind of passion and spirit for for stories really got nurtured at school um always been a massive bookworm um and yeah that's kind of driven driven me my whole life in terms of career but also personal interests as well so yeah don't know how much more detail you'd like me to go into (laughs)
0: that's that's pretty awesome so uh i'm always curious about people that love you know stories and 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 books and reading so i Mm -hmm. confess that i'm not a reader (laughs) <laughs> uh that might be one of the reasons why i'm enjoying the the, the podcast because I, I'm, I'm more like a talker mm. trying to, you know, to learn to tell stories through speaking not uh not writing so mm. uh nice so you do have that sort of upbringing where you you were nurturing those storytelling capabilities since the beginning Yes. So I I understood you, um, you raised, you were raised in UK?
1: No, I am. Um, so I've always lived in Australia. Um, my parents uh, moved over here because they wanted to get away from the rain because it rains a lot in Ireland. And so, yeah, I grew up in Perth and then um, actually grew up down south in Dunsborough um, during all of high school and a little bit of primary school. And I think that was really awesome. Um, I mean, Dunsborough is not exactly country living, but um, it was a really nice um, coastal town that had um, such a great community vibe and a lot of extracurricular kind of creative um, activities going on and just being around nature, I think, as well. And um, just having that freedom as a kid. You know, my sister and I We'd go off riding our bikes for the day, and mum and dad wouldn't see us. And then we'd come home, and you know, <laughs> I don't know if that really happens anymore <laughs> these days. But it was kind of a, a, time where people didn't lock their doors, and um, yeah, everyone in the in the town kind of knew each other, and it was just um, yeah, it was a really great um place to grow up in, I suppose.
0: Very hmm. nice. So uh, I have you. So you know, Dans really <laughs> up uh, you know. Uh, that's just places that we love to go. You know, we go every time that we can.
1: Yeah, uh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and and then and, and you ended up uh, studying commerce here at UWA.
1: Yeah, so I started, well, I started doing psychology um, because I wanted to Sounds. how do I make this sound less evil, but I wanted to pair psychology with marketing and advertising um, to like get to know how people tick. Um, obviously for good, um, for good marketing, um, and then I just um, I really missed English, and I was doing a few English units as kind of those broadening that UWA make you do, and I um, I decided after my first year to first year and a half to stop psych and um, pick up English again, and I don't regret that for a second because that really made my whole university experience. It was my favorite part of uni. I had awesome tutors um, that were all kind of respective writers in their own um, and yeah it was it was really great you know you're exposed to things that you normally wouldn't read or or watch and I know you were saying before that you're not much of a reader but remember stories come in different forms you know there's audible you should get onto that that's awesome um you know audiobooks stories can be told in song in poem um in plays in in movies in what you watch on netflix um, and I think that, yeah, my English degree gave me such a wide scope of all of that. It was film, it was Shakespeare, it was um, creative writing, um, lots, of, lots of books from American literature that were banned back in the day and um, are still kind of controversial. And so, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed um, bringing that into my commerce degree because it kind of balanced out um, the creative with the kind of more serious um and yeah and that was um that was my degree
0: <laughs> oh, very nice so you, you, you did talk about audiobooks and uh, uh <laughs> i'm actually a big fan so i, I, I <laughs> told my wife the other day that this year alone i already read 10 books but then she yeah. said that i'm cheating because i'm no, not really <laughs> not at all i'm reading I this book up. i'm reading that book and she looks at me are you really
1: it is reading you know and I think people forget that and um, maybe some people are a bit too hard on themselves I'm like oh I haven't read a book in so long but if you've listened to a podcast that's kind of similar um, and I think um, you can't underestimate the power of that when you're doing boring stuff like cleaning the house or driving that's whenever I listen to an audiobook and I've gotten through so many that way wow. <laughs> just doing the <laughs> Well,
0: Katie you have you have a you have a, a you know in your career, the, the, this is a story about having uh, won some awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share that with us? What were those about <laughs> and you know, and how was the experience?
1: Yeah, so um, some of the, well, the state media awards, the credit really goes to my editor, David Turnock, <laughs> for a lot of that. Um, and um, Mark Byer and Mark Pounder, who really um, nurtured my journalism skills and that was that was quite early on in my career I think it's like a year in and I was a finalist for best new journalist of the year which was awesome um and then I won um the arts and culture report award so that was for a story where um I looked at different funding for arts groups and um pointed out that WA doesn't exactly get its fair share which is is a similar story in a lot of different industries as well. Um, but more, but particularly in the arts. And um, it was interesting because WA actually punches above its weight like extremely when it comes to the arts. Um, got a lot of creatives here that are doing stuff on a global stage that you just think of like the likes of Tim Minchin, for example, you know, everyone knows him and he's very successful and he's from WA. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what that article is about and also trying to, get those issues in front of business readers to understand um, the value of the arts. Because I think people, there's not a lot out there, um, you know, there's a lot of art reviews and and, um, play reviews and that sort of thing. But in this case, I think why my a series of articles stood out to judges was that I took a very kind of analytical business view, um, keeping it creative, of course, but pointing out some of the, the, the business side of arts. You know, there was three, three groups, I think, um, that were touring internationally that year that hadn't toured for 10 years or so. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty amazing and amazing that there's three of them. And they were doing that um, in conjunction with some mining companies and government because they, they saw art as a mechanism to foster um, diplomacy. And um, yeah, that's really what that that award is for. And I actually won that one two years in a row. (laughs) So I did another arts and culture report um, the year after and similar thing kind of kind of looking at the business side of arts. And I noticed that a few groups that year were really trying to target a younger audience. Um, I think, you know, sport is something that is really celebrated here in Perth um, and the arts is getting there. I think. people think some people have this misconception of arts and that it's stuffy and it's not for me Um, but there's a there's an awesome company called Perth Symphony Orchestra and they're pairing classical music with some bangers I guess (laughs) Um, like they they just they do you know they really rock up um, Beethoven for example and and they cover modern songs in a classical format and so the other award I won was kind of talking about that and how the art gallery had like a sneakerheads exhibition and showing kind of more of a um, pop culture exhibition to get people in to get younger people in and I think you know West Australian Symphony Orchestra is another great example where they've been um putting the score of classical music to Harry Potter films and Pirates the Caribbean to get people in because I think people forget that that's that's what art is you kind of leave like it's, a, it's an escapism and you just feel lighter. Like I went to the ballet the other week and I can't explain it, but you come out of that and you're like, wow, the synchronicity just made me feel so relaxed. I was so stressed going in and um, leaving. So trying to capture that, you know, that intrinsic value of the arts, because I know business people are all about numbers a lot of the time. Um, so trying to trying to portray that value that isn't necessarily, you know, hard down the line figures. Um that's what that's what all those kind of yeah that's what that report was about.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So you you you're telling this story about you know experience with arts, and I'm just thinking about uh, uh, my, my, my life uh, my life before Australia was very poor in terms of engagement with arts, and here in Perth actually uh, you talk about the orchestras and 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 you know symphonies with the films and and bring that classical music to more you know, Hollywood sort of mm. things. And, and I have been there with my kids and etc. So that's pretty good. Uh, also there are mm. specials that we have around in the Fringe and etc. And it's so many, so yeah. so, so many offers mm. and so many different things in this place. So that's pretty good. Mm. So I also heard you mention uh, in the very beginning, y- your, your story about how hard it is to actually to get uh, those funding, or, or, or you know, to be to have the equity mm-hmm. of the funding uh, properly uh, distributed, I guess, and, and get mm-hmm. WA to have a fair share there. So mm-hmm. it's a similar story that we have with the, the, the innovation ecosystem that I'm involved with. So, because we try to uh, to facilitate the capital flow for startups to come along, mm-hmm. uh, and the story is very different when you compare WA with the East course states, mm. or, or even when you compare with overseas. So yeah, we, we do need to raise uh, the need for that capital flow to be more local. Mm. And there is one more thing that you mentioned that maybe uh, relates something else as well. Mm. Uh, the application of arts in business.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: I was talking with, it's actually one of the recent uh, conversations we have with changing the game with uh, 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 a uh, beautiful lady called Yola. Yola was telling me because she has that sort of arts background and she is an artist and she was employed by a union. And 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 I think what what the way she describes that's her role in the union uh, was very different in the sense that she used art to actually articulate the story of the union so people can understand and this mystify mm. The perceptions we have Mm -hmm. with union, so and she was the one that brought that sort of diversity and different background to to tell that story, which was what which I found very fascinating.
1: Art is in more things that you realize, um, you know, there's an art, there's an art to advertising. There's an, you know, everybody watches Netflix. That's art, you know, that's script writing that's taken a whole creative team and set design, costume design. Um, so yeah, it, it is um, art everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, Katie, I might, I might be I I'll, might I'll, I'll go. Let's see where I go. So I'm um, hearing <laughs> your story. And I see these, you know, as a young Australian girl uh, growing up in the beautiful Southwest <laughs> and, you know, uh, driving along her life and then coming to Perth to study university and then, you know, getting a job and, and in one of the, uh, uh, the most significant media outlets. It seems like your life is quite, you know, easy and perfect.
1: <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> no one's nothing's easy or perfect um it's a lot of work um i think people don't actually really understand journalism unless they've been in it and they don't see how full on it is um and don't really understand all the work that goes into some things um so it's far from easy (laughs) i can assure you that
0: (laughs) yeah do do, you uh you, can you can you walk us through some sort of uh struggles in this journey so you know in your in your choice of profession you're coming to perth and you know mm-hmm. uh what are those moments that uh were not so easy and particularly particularly if there is in that story something related to you uh being a girl and mm-hmm. and, and and you know and and facing the challenges in your career
1: yeah, okay, <laughs> so I guess fast forwarding a little bit from, um, you know, the days of covering community and arts, um, that was an awesome round also because I'm just personally interested in um, arts, and then I um, got asked to take on property, which was, um, you know, a lot of people want to read about property, so it is kind of the most read section a lot of the time, along with mining, obviously, and, and a few other things. Um, so I got asked to step up and take that on, and that was a huge challenge. And I remember at the time, um, my boss said, "You're going to be burning the candle at both ends," and I thought, "Oh, gee, what 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 does that mean? What am I in? What am I in for?" And I think I was maybe 23, 24 at the time. Um, And he was he was right. (laughs) I would come home and, you know, property is such a complex industry and I'm the type of journalist where I don't exactly like writing about something if I don't understand it, because then I feel if I don't understand it, how am I meant to communicate the story that other people can understand it. So I spent quite a lot of time educating, um, self-educating and and reading up about all these things like yield and whale and all these property terms and trying to understand um, returns and and all of that sort of thing. And um, maybe went a bit too far in depth. But then, you know, if you really understand your topic, you can ask much more informed, better questions and actually give value for the readers because a lot of our readers are in property um, and that, that was really hard, um, because the industry is dominated by men mostly. Um, there are a few awesome women here in, in WA that are in senior positions and property, but most of the time, you know, it's, um, it's interviewing, um, yeah, men pretty much. And that was a huge change from arts where it's a little bit more diverse. Um, I guess there's, there's probably actually more women, um, in, in the arts, but it's, it is actually, no, it's it's quite balanced um you know it would be women or men that i'd meet with but most of the time now it's a lot of men and i remember um <laughs> heading heading to one property lunch and i sat down and i got chatting with this um this man and he was saying oh what do you do blah 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 and i said oh property journalist at business news um, um, and he, the next question was, oh, so are you married? And I said, no, I'm, I'm very young. And he's like, oh, you're not that young. You better hurry up. And I just, I felt so uncomfortable. And I felt, I up until that point, I thought, oh, you know, women have, you know, equality's already here. Like, what are we, you know, everything's great. Um, but I think that moment really struck me as maybe there's a little bit of a way to go um, in terms of cultural attitudes because i'd like to think you know maybe you should have asked me about something else (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i i I struggled to think whether a 25 26 year old man would have been asked the same thing um and you know it was harmless and i think i think the guy was probably just trying to relate and and didn't know how but um that to me, yeah, really struck me to think here I am, you know, very career driven and the second question you asked me is am I married rather than "Well, what interesting things have you written about recently? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that, yeah, that was a big challenge for me because I d- didn't really know what, what to say to that um, and kind of tried to to um, change the subject. Um so, yeah, that's, that's been a little bit hard. But other than that, um, it's been great covering property. It's very interesting and challenging. A lot of smart, intelligent people in the sector. Um, and sometimes, you know, you know, you do feel like oh, I'm a young girl coming in to ask an older guy who's got, you know, 25 years or whatever experience. He probably is thinking, what do I know? But if I go prepared with all the stats, then you leave thinking, oh, now they know that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. So uh, one thing that I can assure you, Katie, is that nobody ever asked me if I was married.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it, it didn't seem relevant to ask me as I'm married, <laughs> married. So you're quite right. So hey, uh, yeah, make us think, isn't it? Why, why someone would ask that? I don't uh,
1: know. I can relate, I think, maybe. Um, maybe a bit out of the times
0: <laughs> that's right so uh mm-hmm. look one thing that i'm that i'm i'm noticing katie is that you very your self-confidence is is very prevalent so it's very easy to see that you you strong self-confident woman so mm-hmm. have you have you always been like that
1: no, definitely not. I was the, um. I think I was always like a confident kid in terms of um making friends. Like at the playground, mum would say we'd go to the playground and I'd leave with like four new best friends. So I've always been good at um, relationship building. But I was also the kid that if we'd be at a restaurant and I wanted tomato sauce, I wouldn't ask for it because I was too scared. <laughs> so I wasn't always, um. yeah, I wasn't always super confident. But um, I playing like music what, what outside do you think of- that for you yeah. um music really so um during high school i got really into um guitar and i do like being in Dunsborough it's there's a lot of musos <laughs> around that area and um just the local kids um would hang out with them and i think confident built confidence in performing with them and you kind of go if i can um if I can sing in front of people, I can do anything. That's hard, you know. Um, so I think that really that really helped my self confidence. Actually, doing stuff, um, doing that sort of thing, um, and, and public because that's kind of like public speaking um, in a way. But yeah, I think that that really helped um, build that self confidence and be confident to kind of s- strike up conversations with other people. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So what do you, if you, if you ask to come along and, uh, and meet an audience of uh, uh, high school girls. Mm. So what is, what would you, what would be your best advice?
1: Oh, that is a hard one. Um, I'd say stop worrying <laughs> about what other people think because um you know, that's something I've only really kind of I know I knew I knew about like I knew that this was the right thing, but it's only until kind of in recent years that I've really accepted that it really doesn't matter what other people think of you, because um, at the end of the day, there's only you. And if you like yourself and you think you've done a good job, then that's all that that's all that matters. Um, and on Audible, this is one that you should read Matthew McConaughey's book. He's a really great quote where he says, um you know at the end of the day you die with you (laughs) and um you go to sleep with yourself every night and so if you don't like that person that's going to be a pretty tough life um so i i think i'd tell um some of those you know high school girls to maybe stop stop trying to impress everybody you know just impress yourself and push yourself and um look for the validation in here not on um, not externally, which I think, unfortunately, maybe a lot of young people are doing with TikTok and Instagram. Like, it's not about how many likes you get; um, it's about who actually likes you in real life. <laughs> um, so, I think I'd, I think that's something that I'd say because I think that then that stems to everything: your confidence, your ability to do a job, um, everything. Hmm.
0: That's uh, awesome <laughs> advice. So uh, you are you te- saying that, and I'm just you know my mind is going. In my own life, back is there, it, where yeah. back, back there, mm-hmm. where uh, there were areas of my life that was very confident, but there were other areas that I would struggle. Hips, and I would seek mm-hmm. validation in other people. I seek for, you know, yeah. In my case, you know, I was trying, trying, trying to have a girlfriend, and finding that it's only if a girl is interested in me as a boyfriend that's a, that I'm valued and that was mm. a hard time of my life so it was only going through that piece of no, loving yourself is that really made me come up with more uh, confidence i guess uh that's 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 mm. awesome that's awesome so uh katie what uh what is next for you
1: oh you're breaking up a little bit there okay Let's check my internet
0: can you hear me mine. now? <laughs> I can hear you, it could be my internet, so let's go for it. Uh, what is next for you?
1: Oh, you are frozen on my screen.
0: <laughs> That's all good. We're dealing with technical problems. We all know that that happened. So for me, at my end, it's still all good. So let me ask you again. So, uh, what's next for you, Katie?
1: Oh, I got I got that bit. Sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Um, sorry about that. Where? What did you say?
0: What is next for you?
1: Could you repeat it? What is next for me? Um, like career wise or just life wise?
0: Oh, it be my guest. So I, I'm quick.
1: <laughs> Um, Well, I've always wanted to um, live abroad and I was actually going to move to London or um, Melbourne last year before COVID happened and then COVID happened. Um, So I think I'd still like to do that at some point in the future. I think, um, you know, living going somewhere and living somewhere where you don't know anyone is kind of daunting or maybe know a few people. Um, But I think that's kind of another another way um, to grow, not just your career, but as a person. So I'd like to do that eventually. Um, and you know, I'm still, I'm still covering property at the moment at business news. And and I think, um, I'm still trying to build on my knowledge. I still, you know, no one knows everything, so I'm still learning. And so I'd like to, um, dig a little bit deeper into some areas to, to gain a little bit more extra knowledge there. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably what's next.
0: (laughs) That's very nice. Uh, uh, COVID really changed plans of. And many people, isn't it? It's, it's just, yeah, it's a life changing for many people. So I hope I hope you, you find your way. So I, I'm, uh, I am, the, the more the time passes, I more realize how much I I miss the liberty I had before mm. to be able to go back to Brazil and, and visit family. So when, when I did that, I didn't feel how important that mm. was to me. And now it becomes so relevant.
1: Mm. yeah. Where are your family based?
0: <laughs> uh, myself and my wife Renata, we're both from Brazil and our, our parents are still there, you know, all living there with the rest of the family. Yeah. So uh, Katie, uh, believe it or not, so that's almost 30 minutes and it's always always <laughs> the same. So these conversations are so good, we suddenly already get into our, uh, in our time target. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you very much for, for your stories today. So I still gonna have, I still have one question for you. So, uh, for sure. but, but, you know, but it could be a closing question then. So in the, in the, in the perspective of changing the game, uh, potentially thinking about diversity. So mm. if you had to change, if you had the power to influence it, to change one thing in the industry, Katie, so what would you do?
1: Oh, geez, Uh, in business more so. I think um, there's people are also under it, not just um, in terms of gender diversity, but ability diversity. Um, There are a lot of people living with disabilities um, that are awesome at what they do. And I think um, potentially they get overlooked. And so I think COVID has really actually helped this in terms of flexible working. Um, and I think flexible working will enable more um, people that can actually contribute a lot to business, um, to contribute to business. Um, and that goes to the gender thing as well. You know, there's a, I think there's a bit more acceptance now in flexible working for both women and men, um, especially with parental leave. You know, um, allowing um, a man to take parental leave now is just so great because, you know, fathers want to spend time with their kids too. Um, so I think I'd I'd change the flexibility and maybe um maybe have more um, kind of de-identified hiring processes where you know initially a CV or a cover letter is submitted um, without your name um, or your address um, and I think that that could potentially help um, yeah bring more diversity of not just gender and um, but in thought and skill and ability. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. So you're right, and 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 also and also right. The fact that I you know one of the positives of COVID is that suddenly we have to operate in a different way, and and lots of mm-hmm. before we didn't before we said, well, not sure if that's going to work or not, and and, and remote mm-hmm. and flexible work is an example of that. Suddenly, that's what you have yeah. to do. It doesn't matter if. <laughs> it's going to go, go well or not. So you have to do it. And then you learn to do it and you see, well, that's not so bad. And, and you're right. So now you give more access. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Katie, it has been a mm. pleasure to talk with you. I think you. also
1: I'd just like to
0: Go for it. Go
1: for it. Oh, sorry. I was going to say just before, if there's any young girls listening, just what I said before, you know, it is very, it's easier said than done Um, to kind of love yourself. And it, it will take, it takes time. You know, it takes life experiences. I'm, you know, I'm not hundred percent there yet. I'm getting there. <laughs> so I just wanted to just, just to, to say that, there's, you know, some people sitting there go, oh, you know, it's easier said than done doing these things. Um, I understand. <laughs> and it takes time. <laughs>
0: not well, wow, that was a pleasure. So thank you so much, Kate, for your time, for telling your stories, you know, for, for being open. So I'm, I'm very grateful to have people to trust the show and, and come and share their stories. So thank you very much, Katie.
1: Thanks so much, Wilson.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: See you. <ya. laughs>
0: this was uh, more one more episode with, uh, you know, changing the game. So we'll see you next. Thank you.